Be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. You are listening to Romantic Truth with Josen, your host in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Johnson Wicker here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Well, I'm going to address Romaine's email in just a moment before we talk about our topic. But there's one thing that I have to read from Lee. And he wanted his location to be anonymous. And I want to hear your take back on this as well. He writes the following. My girlfriend hasn't spoken to me in six and a half weeks. I don't know what it was triggered from, but here's what I'm facing right now for the last six and a half weeks. She hasn't cooked. She hasn't washed one dish, one ounce of clothing. She used to be a German boat, meaning that she would come home, sometimes take baths three and four times a day. Not showers, baths. Then she started doing showers. Now, she bathes maybe once every five or six days. She moved out of the bedroom about six weeks ago. She's in the adjacent bedroom. I don't see her hardly. And when she does come in, she doesn't speak. She goes straight to her bedroom, takes off her clothes, goes to sleep. In most cases, wake up the next day without bathing or showering and head out to work. When she wants to cook something, it used to be where she was against the microwave. She would never use the microwave. Now she's microwaving everything for herself. She'll take the food back into her room, eat it. And a couple of times while she was at work, I took a look in her room and it looked horrible. The trash is overrun. I would go empty the trash can, and believe it or not, I got yelled at for that. I was told not to be in her space under any condition. This change in her happened gradually, but I know it stems from a situation probably that happened about two and a half months ago. Her behavior has changed immensely. She's not combing her hair anymore. She's not wearing skirts and dresses like she used to. It's all flannel shirts and blue jeans. She's not taking care of herself physically. No makeup anymore. And it's like I'm with someone that's totally different. We've been together now for five years, but this is the first time she's ever gone to this extreme over something. There was a couple that moved in next door to us about eight months ago. First month was fine. Second month, we did hear a lot of noise, a lot of glass breaking, and it sounded like the guy was punching holes in the wall or in the door. I went over, knocked on the door and intervened and asked them if they could keep it down. They apologized, and when I looked into their apartment, it was trashed. Holes in the wall, you name it. So apparently, they had some domestic issues. I reassured my girlfriend that everything was all right and the young lady was okay. During that time, she was taking care of herself and she was really like a humble wife. I was happy. Even put an engagement ring on layaway. I wanted to surprise her on her birthday. 
Well, it didn't take too much long. He's got here too much long. I guess he meant longer. Before an incident escalated again next door. I went over to knock on the door and talk to them once more. Well, I didn't get the pleasant greeting I got the first time. The guy really wanted to punch my lights out. He was definitely angry. I looked back and I saw her with the shiner on her right eye. I left, called the police. They came. I saw him go away in handcuffs. And I'm thinking, okay, I've done a good deed. My girlfriend was so proud of me for standing up and actually stepping forward. She then went over next door to talk to this lady and help her clean up. The place was a mess, she told me. He had pretty much broken everything that could be broken in that apartment. And she had some pretty decent stuff from what I heard. Well, he got out of jail. And things started to escalate once again. And this was about just before my girl started changing up. The woman came to our front door, knocking on the door, begging for us to let her in. And I could hear the guy yelling in the background. I decided not to let her in. My girlfriend was at the door, getting ready to turn the knob, and I pushed the door closed. I called 911. They came. They arrested him. After that time, I noticed a change in her, but it was gradual. But I never thought it would get to this magnitude. She won't speak to me. I tried speaking to her, trying to start conversations. She doesn't want to hear it. It's kind of frustrating to be in your place and your woman's walking past you and you can smell her body odor and she doesn't care. I'm thinking about moving out. If you were in my situation, what would you do? Lee. And he has her P.S. Please do not use my location. I don't want any drama in my life any more than I already have. Thanks. Lee, what I will tell you is this. From my perspective, if I were you, I would start preparing to move. She's pissed off at you. It's only obvious because you didn't let that woman in. Now, most people... When a domestic violence situation occurs, you shouldn't intervene. I don't care how proud you think you are. Call the cops. They have weapons. They have the law on their side. And they can intervene much stronger than you can. Now, here's the sad thing. I know we say sometimes, well, the cops are going to take too long, etc., etc. But you don't realize how much trouble you can get into intervening in a domestic situation. There was a situation somewhere on the East Coast where there was a domestic violence thing going on. So one of the guys in their building pulled out a gun. And the guy lunged at him with the knife. He tried to shoot the guy and actually 
shot someone else. He totally missed the guy and hit someone else in the hallway. And he got sued. The person survived, but he wound up being sued. You have to watch yourself because you can get involved and then be into something that you really can't handle. This is why when you watch a lot of these shows like I Survived, when the person survives the violence and they get to the person's front door and the person's not letting them in, but they'll call the cops, they're actually doing the right thing. Because with a domestic violence situation, if they want to kill the person they love, what do you think they think of the person that they don't know and don't give a damn about? They're not going to stop and say, oh, I'm sorry, she's at your front door. So you open the door so I can't hurt you. You made the right choice in this situation, sir. You did the right thing. Now, it could be something in her background where she was exposed to domestic abuse at one point. Who knows? But if you can't communicate with her and she's not communicating with you, she's being inconsiderate. What she's doing is making herself very unattractive to you so she can leave you. That's what she's doing. And fellas, just for the record, when a woman is ready to get rid of you and she doesn't have the guts to say that she's leaving or wants to leave you, she will do just that. She will stop taking care of herself. Because she knows at that point, you're not going to want to touch her. It's a passive-aggressive thing. And sometimes you will find women who were exposed to sexual abuse. They would do that to deter someone from trying to assault them. They may so go, go so far as to make sure they smell like poop, smell like piss. They may make sure that their vagina really stinks. And this is a passive-aggressive way that some people will do in order to get out of situations that they find unpleasant. And they do it in relationships as well. But now they clean themselves up after they've gotten away from the person that they don't like anymore. Now I know it's kind of hard to imagine women doing this, but some will. So Lee, there's really not much you can do here. See, the whole thing is, is this. It takes two people to be in a relationship. And many of you people are going as the only person in it trying to make it work. And that's why you're getting burned out. So, you're going to have to put that responsibility on the shoulders of your partner to make up the second half of that relationship and quit taking it on yourself. As you're doing, Lee, in this situation. Best of luck to you, man. But I think your only option is to go. Who knows? That may, you know, shock her out of that funk she's in. Or it may be something where she's okay with it. I says, okay, you can go fine. I don't care. But if she's not talking to you, she's not interacting with you, she's not communicating... Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much done. Now, here's the thing. 
You may want to go back and think if there was any kind of dispute that you guys may have had that was unsettled. She could still be pining on that. You never know. More in a moment. All right. Now, the topic of the show is making love to women, 40 plus. But we're going to talk about the whole gamut of making love to women. Now, as I told you, the lady wrote an email. And what she wanted to know, was there a difference between a man making love to a woman, we'll say in her teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, does he have a different approach or technique? Well, he should. The reason being, as women mature, they know their bodies better. And men have to adjust and understand that fact. Now, the younger man that you were with, ma'am, he um, apparently was treating you like a woman in his peer group with the thrusting, trying to prove himself, trying to become the manly man. But what we have to understand, too, is this. When you're dealing, and you're a younger man dealing with an older woman, as one who's dealt with a lot of older women throughout my life. You have to make the adjustment. A woman in her 40s may not be able to endure some of the thrusting of a 20-something guy. Oh, they may like it initially because they haven't had it in a while. If they've been divorced or in some other situation where they're separated or widowed. But they may be very sore afterwards, especially if they haven't had sex regularly. Now, what this means is that for you, the guy, you may be told by her, hey, you know what? I'm sore. Um, Yeah, we're not going to do that. Or she may go and guide you to lessen the pain for her. The one thing that you will learn with women throughout all categories and age groups, comfort is a word you need to become familiar with with females because that's what a woman wants to feel. Now, there are some women who like a hint of pain when it comes to sex. In other words, they may want a penis that may be a little bit too large for her inside of her. There are others that may not. It depends on her pain tolerance. Because there are some women who like pain during sex and others who do not. And then you have a grayscale between the two extremes. Now, when you're in your 20s and you're dealing with a woman in her 20s, the two of you may be 
more virile and therefore you may go for it so to speak and when I say that I mean like you're going to full force the two of you now the younger you are usually the more you're trying to impress your partner in the bed so you don't want to be considered inadequate you don't want to be considered someone that doesn't know what they're doing so there's a lot of awkwardness especially starting out in your teens going into your 20s and you're hoping you're making the best impression now when it comes to both men and women especially women they're very self-conscious when it comes down to having sex with a guy for the first time because she's got a lot to think through and sometimes it's unwarranted will he like me when I take off my clothes will he laugh I got this birthmark that I'm embarrassed about. I got this uh, surgery scar that I'm embarrassed about. My breasts are not as big as most women. My hips are not wide. My vagina is ugly. I don't have a big ass. Women will go through the gamut on all of this stuff. Some will. Others may falsely prop themselves up and therefore try to intimidate the guy or berate the guy before they get started by saying, oh, you know, you can't handle this, etc., etc. A lot of times, that kind of talk is hype more than reality, just like guys do, about how they're going to tear their ass up and all that. You got to let that go by the wayside. Because a lot of times, they're actually bluffing to build them their own ego up. Because they're nervous. They have anxiety. The truth is in the pudding, right? Now, what you will realize, fellas, as the woman is older, usually 30, maybe 35 and up, she's going to want to more communication while you're having sex. And I don't mean where you got to carry on a damn conversation. But she's going to try to find out more things about you that will stimulate you. And she's going to expect you to ask questions to her about what stimulates her. Now, an older woman is going to guide you. And most older women that give a younger guys are like, well, I'm going to school him. I'm going to teach him. I'm going to train him. A word of wisdom, ladies. Don't ever say that to a younger man. Because there's shit that he's probably already experimented that with that you haven't even thought of. I was with a lady one time. She was 43 years old. And at the time, I was like 24, 25. And I wouldn't... I wasn't 24, 25, I was about 27, I believe. Because I had gotten my divorce. 27, 28, I think I was 27. But anyway, what happened in this situation, I mean, this lady hooked up, and she thought she was really doing something with oral sex. She really thought that, oh, I'm going to rock your world, you just wait. 
And it was like, okay. But see, it was a big thing to her because in her marriage, it was like the Holy Grail. But see, she had been in that vacuum of marriage so long, she thought that was something like a nuance. And she was like, well, you didn't respond the way I expected you to. I said, you know, that's standard operating procedure when you have sex now. It's not a special thing anymore. And it kind of broke her spirit a bit. And I had to realize I had to be more sensitive with older women. Especially if they have been in a marriage or a relationship where things like that was like the big new thing for them. Now, other realities you're going to have to face, fellas. If the woman is older, she may be less likely to engage in oral sex. There you go. She may not shave down there. So, usually, most older women, they just want the missionary position. There's some that might do doggy style every once in a while. Then you have some that, hey, they got positions. So it depends. But you will find, commonly, a lot of older women, they just want missionary because missionary is comfortable for a lot of women. And they may want doggy style. But there are others that may want reverse cowgirl, cowgirl, and all that. Be careful with the reverse cowgirl situation. Because that puts a lot of strain and weight on your penis. You'll regret it later as you get older. You'll figure it out. Studies have shown this. So, be careful with that. Ladies, just because he's young and you're a little bit older... His penis is not a vibrator or a dildo. You just can't take it and turn it any kind of way for your pleasure. I'm just telling you this. He's going to regret it later on in life if you keep doing it that way. Because you could tear things internally. Just be careful with that. Now, other things that women are very subconscious about, especially women who are older who have had children, they concern themselves about the labia. This is one thing that a lot of older women that I've dated have mentioned and complained about that they didn't like. Now, one thing that you may run into rarely, but it's common among more ethnic women and some white women, especially in Eastern Europe and throughout the Middle East, purple vagina. You know, instead of it being pink, it will be a purple color. Or a purple bluish color. There's nothing wrong with her. That's genetics. So, those things do occur. So don't be shocked or run out of the room because that happens. Now, usually Latin women, 
their vaginas will be more or less like, as well as with some black women, like, like women used to always say it looked like roast beef. And they got a point, because it does. But here is the thing. If you've gotten to a point where the two of you are naked in the room together, you're going to have to, at some point, probably help her with her confidence about her own physical appearance. Because some women are just bashful like that. They got to be under the sheets to have sex, that kind of foolishness. And that can be a lot of work when it comes down to working with their self-esteem. It takes the actual sensation out of the moment of being with them. Because now you got to work extra hard in order to get her self-esteem up and her confidence up where you feel as though you could be with her. So we have to think about that as well. Now, if you have a woman and she's beating herself up, talking about, well, I don't know why you with this old woman, that kind of thing. Sometimes they're asking for attention. Other times it can become very, very, very extremely annoying. One of the most difficult things to do with a woman is to make love with a woman who has a lot of self-doubt. A lot of self-criticism. Deprecating criticism. To the other extreme, she may start criticizing you because she may not like herself. So she's going to bring you down to her level as well. Oh, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is wrong, that's wrong. One thing that I will tell you, you will find that when couples break up, they're trying to hurt each other, right? What's one of the things they always go for when they try to hurt each other? Bedroom performance. This is childish, but they do it. I'll never forget one night we were out and it was this couple that we used to see come in the club all the time. She was older, he was younger. And she was graying and he was still like maybe in his late 20s, early 30s. And this one particular evening, they got into an argument. And he called her an old gray-haired bitch. I'll never forget that because everybody was like, what? And she said that his dick was crooked and she couldn't suck it because it was so crooked, so curved. And they went back and forth with each other talking about performance in the bedroom and who did what and who that did this and didn't that. And he's talking about he had to close his eyes to fuck her and all this stuff. I mean, they were going at it. And security kicked them out. They kicked them both out. They weren't going to put up with that shit. But it was sad that it got to that level. Made a public spectacle. Everybody sitting there, and we all shocked. And I never forget one of the ladies that was at 
another table across from and my girlfriend at the time. She was an older lady. She said, that's the reason why I don't mess around with younger men. And she was talking about, of course, being hurt like that. If you're dating an older woman, fellas, confidentiality is very important, extremely important. We're going to talk more in just a moment. Now, one thing that women are prone to do, guys, they will get on the phone and talk to their girlfriends about their sexual experiences with you, especially if she has a peer that hasn't had sex in a long time and the two of them have been looking for the right guy, so to speak. Older women usually are very discreet about things like that younger women they may put the shit on Facebook they may talk about it on Snapchat talk about it to their girlfriend so that's something you also have to watch now when a woman gets in her 30s for instance she then is usually coming out of that funk of the 20s where she's like the cat's meow and she's walking on the top of guys hearts and everything trying to find the one that she wants Around 30, she's getting serious and she's looking for someone for a relationship. In many cases, she's probably looking for someone to procreate with. So that's when she she starts to really get serious about the bedroom. Anywhere from 25 to 35, she's usually in that mindset. Thinking about her future. She doesn't want any liability. She may want to be with a guy that she can build a relationship with so that she can have children with them. So she's going to be more serious about who she's with. She's going to be less flippant about having sex with a lot of people. Now, of course, what I just said doesn't apply to everyone. Everybody has their own experience, but usually, under most circumstances, this is the way things will go. So that, at this point, She's making some life choices. She's got her job and career started in many instances. She may be looking to buy a home. And she's looking for stability. Practicality. She's looking for a lifestyle that's sustainable. She's had enough volatility in her 20s. Breaking up with guys. Getting into seesaw relationships. Trauma bonding and all that. But now she's looking for something that's more stable. She's more mature now. So, who are the guys she's not looking for at this point? She's not looking for the alphas. The alpha male is very popular when a woman's in her teens and 20s. Extremely popular. But these are not guys that they're going to marry. These are guys that they'll sleep with. And they'll say they dated them the gamma male the bullshitter he's going to be the guy that she'll mess around with on occasion by accident in most cases 
but she's not going to get serious about him. And she hopes to God she doesn't get pregnant by one of those guys. Who she's looking for when she's coming out of the stupor, believe it or not, is a Delta male. Someone who is more stable, more secure. Someone who's consistent emotionally, financially, and with a lifestyle with few hiccups. He is like the welcome place for her to be after she's been in the storm trying to pursue who she wanted. And now in her 30s, she's looking more for what she needs in a man. See, the alpha male was what she wanted in a man. The delta male is what a woman needs in a man. Now, here is the problem for many women when they're interpreting men. The guy stands up. He has confidence. He's going to stand up for his woman. And she automatically gives him the badge of an alpha male. Ladies, let me tell you something. Every man does that to a certain degree. So don't give him that unjust reward like that. A Delta male can do the same thing, standing up for his woman to protect what is his. Now, here's the thing. With this stability that she gets, confidence ensues. So, what happens? She's going to try her best to facilitate a dialogue with him in a way that there are not going to be that many issues with their communication. So, all of the things that she's ever wanted to do sexually or in her fantasies, it's going to be done with this one guy. Now, she's already had the pursuits with these other guys in her earlier years. But now, she wants to concentrate and give all of this to one man. And one of the tasks that women take on when they're dating a man, they try to be every woman that he could imagine she could be so that he would not leave the relationship for another woman or cheat on her. And a lot of you ladies really, I mean, go this, that, and a third for the guys. Let me tell you one thing that will help you. Sit down and talk to him and ask him what he likes, what you like. Why you like that, why he likes that. You'll be surprised, some of the answers. And that will help you better understand the person with their needs in the bedroom. Some of you may be doing too much in the bedroom. Others of you may be not doing enough. So you want to see it. Now, one other thing that guys run into a problem with, with older women a lot, especially older women that have been by themselves for a long time, they ration sex out as if it's dog food or cat food. They actually ration sex out just like they feed their pets. Oh, this should be adequate for you. And guess what they don't do? They don't ask the dog or the cat, is this enough food? That's because in their minds, they've already got it set. And this is one of the problems you have with older women a lot of times, women 40 plus. They think they know it's adequate for you and they don't ask. 
And that can be problematic on down the road. Because you always should. And fellas, you got to do the same with her. Now, here's the thing. Getting back to the woman in her 30s. She's trying to position herself in a way so if she does get pregnant by her man, and usually when couples get together like that, they will get to a point where eventually they're going to sleep without condoms. Now you have a lot of younger people that do it by default. But when they get into their 30s, they're going to do this, especially if it's a situation where they're exclusive. Uh, It's a situation where they have that bond, that trust, and both of them feel as though the other partner has integrity. And she might wear an IUD or whatever just not to get pregnant until she's ready to get pregnant. But what she's doing is she's going and graduating from using the condoms with them because hopefully he's not cheating to where she can feel the full meat. Now, here's the thing with relationships, especially marriages. Once this starts happening and a person's been in the vacuum of a long-term relationship or marriage and they're having sex on a regular basis without protection, a lot of times when women come out of those marriages if things don't work out right, they may look at that as a norm going forward when it comes to dating someone else. Ladies, you may want to have them wear a condom. If you're coming out of a divorce or you're widowed or something like that, you got to take him back through the first stages of familiarity when it comes to sex and gradually build that again. Because you're so accustomed to the routine of being with your partner in the past. And you guys had built that rapport. Well, he could go on you raw like that. So those are some of the adjustments you have to make. Now, the 30-something, you're a woman, will more than likely communicate with her man. Or she could be in her late 20s. But she's at a level of maturity emotionally, where she's probably talking to a man and say, look, uh, you know, I want to have the kids before I'm 35. So in that way, I could go get them through the first two years of their development and then get back into the workforce full bore. Which makes sense. That is a plan. So what's happening now by her doing this She's letting him know, hey, I'm just going to have a two-year downtime. We'll go. We'll have sex. We'll get pregnant. So it'll be maybe three years. But in that period of time where we can go and take care of this. And what this does for the guy, it gives him time to plan. Gives him time to really think about what may need to take place in the process. As far as I'm talking about the logistics, the financial stuff. And so with this, she could say, okay, well, we're going to try to get pregnant. So she goes with the man, 
before you know it, bam, it happens. Now, some guys have written in and asked me, once you get a woman pregnant, does she still want to have sex? Of course she does. Some women actually get hornier when they're pregnant because the hormones are going to change. And this is one thing you have to understand about women in general. That hormonal change is going to be with you, your relationship, and with her throughout your situation. And it impacts women differently. Some women, it has an adverse change on them. Others, it don't. There's some women that actually don't go through menopause. There's others that do. And we'll get to that later on. But in this situation, she's trying to plan things out, map things out. Now, there'll be changes in everything in life, right? So you're going to have abrupt changes. There may be complications at birth. She may wind up with twins when she only was expecting one child. Who knows? But what she's doing up front in the relationship is letting her man know, hey, by the time we're 35, I'm done with babies. Now, it's not uncommon for women after they've had their children that they're going to have, to have their tubes tied. Now, some women have them tied, others have them tied, burned, and clipped. So, that's another thing as we looked at. Commonly, women who have them tied but not burned and clipped, where they could be reattached, may look at having a child later on in the future. So, this means that if she may not feel comfortable in this relationship she's in, she may opt for that because she may be thinking, well, we're already on the downs, we're on the outs, so I'm going to leave myself available so that if I get with someone else, I can have a child with them. Now, interestingly enough, the single moms that I met, that I dated, who were married before, who had been divorced, the majority of them had their tubes tied, clipped, and burned. The women who had multiple children from multiple men did not. So, you ran the risk. It all depends on how that goes. But you definitely want to have a conversation with her to find out where she is as far as in her birth cycle with the woman especially from her teens all the way up to her 30s and to her 40s. It's important because most women who are older, who've already had their tubes tied and everything or hysterectomies or whatever, they'll tell you, if you're expecting a baby from me, I'm not the girl for you. They'll let you know that up front. Now, here's the other thing. Yes, women do get horny when they're pregnant. Now, she might start producing milk early. Some women do. And a lot of you ladies wrote in about this particular phenomenon happening. You write in about a couple of women have written in, rather, 
about this particular topic and spe- uh, specifically. Why do men like to suck a woman's breast when they're lady? It's the milk. Because believe it or not, this is one of the things that actually makes the man in many ways feel like a man. Because you're serving that maternal role, the ultimate maternal role as the nurturer by him sucking on your breast. You can't get more womanly than that. That's that's the most woman you could ever be to a man. We don't look at it that way, but that's the way it is. See, the most man, the most manly, I should say, that a man can be with you as far as when it comes down to the physical aspect of it is for him to be thrusting inside you. I'm not talking about the intimacy, the romance, and all of that. I'm talking about the carnal attraction between two people. And that's it, because sucking a woman's breast gives him security. It calms him while he's with the woman. Now, Here's the other thing, too. That woman that's in her 30s, who's thought this out and planned this out, she goes, she has the kids, and they're working things out, the babysitting arrangements and all the rest. And they're aware that they're going to have to be up with the kid when the kid gets up, that kind of thing. Burp the child, all this thing. I would strongly advise you, if you're planning on having children, Please take child development courses and parenting courses. There are plenty of them online. There are plenty of them on YouTube. It will help you a lot. This is what my parents did before I was born. But they didn't have YouTube. They had to go attend classes. It made the transition a lot easier. And here's the thing that I liked about it the most. As a child, my mother seemed like she knew everything that I was going to go through with my development. And she would tell me these things well before it would happen. And what it did, it built my confidence in her parenting and my father's parenting, where I could trust them more. Because everything they said to me, said about it, came true. And so when it came down to them telling me, hey, you might not want to do that because X, Y, Z. Okay, mom, thanks. Dad, thanks. I didn't second guess their judgment. Because they proved themselves as to be trustworthy in the beginning. That's the reason why you take child development courses. It helps you. It saves you from having to go out and get the switch and get the belt and all that other shit that people do. That old primal shit. 
Oh, yeah, my mama taught me this. She had to whip me. <laughs> Why? She could have told you and you didn't have to beat you. My parents told me something pretty profound when I was around five or six. Son, we haven't lied to you. Please don't lie to us ever. And I never did. Because they had already instilled the trust where I could trust them. And that's where it starts. You treat a kid like an animal, they will be one. I've seen it done more times than I care to think about. I broke up with a lady that I went out with in the 90s. She was a single mom. We had just agreed to start our relationship three weeks in. And her daughter put on some makeup and perfume and her mother wanted to know where she got it from. Well, she got it from one of her girlfriends at school. And the mom forbade her from wearing makeup or lipstick. And I didn't think it was all that serious. I'm like, okay, well, you know, she snuck it. We want to talk to her and ask her why she did it, etc. Nah, that little bitch went out and did that. Before I knew it, she had a belt and was beating a child. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't want to be around this shit. So this is stupid. Let me tell you what happened to this girl. She was around 13 when that happened. When she turned 19, she poured gasoline on her mom's car and burned it up. That was her payback. She held a grudge all that time to do that to get her mom back sometimes you create enemies and don't know it so you really have to watch it now with this 30 something year old woman she's got a guy they get married or they cohabitate And they start to grow. Now, we're going to talk more in just a moment. All right, now, so this mom in her 30s had the kids she's planning on having in life. So she gets her tubes tied, clipped, and burned. Which means now she and her husband can have sex without condoms. And the only thing that's contingent is that he stays faithful to her and she stays faithful to him. So, if there's any things outside of, you're going to have infections. Both people will at some point. Yeast infections, urinary tract infections, that's normal. However... STDs, that may be a deal breaker. And fellas, one thing to keep in mind, if you get to this point, 
and somebody comes down with an STD, that's when you have to find out where it came from. Because it could only be between two people, right? And a third party, whoever that might have been. But it just didn't crawl up in your house and get in there. Both of you were the only two having sex and you both didn't have an STD. Now, this is a common thing where people will bounce the ball and blame the other party when they're the ones who had the affair. The point and blame thing. There have been a lot of women and a lot of men, but not as many men as women that have been on the receiving end of an STD. There was a lady that posted something on Facebook one time about how her boyfriend had hurt her so bad emotionally by going back to his ex and having an affair with him. That she posted on Facebook on his page the reason why you're burning is because I made sure I gave you what I had you gotta watch that folks if you're knowledgeable that you have an STD and you transfer it onto someone else you probably wind up in court and being sued. In some places, they want to file criminal charges. Like the one woman, I think she was in Houston or Dallas back way back when AIDS was first out there. And she started talking about all the people she had slept with and how she infected them. Yeah, she had some serious legal troubles from that. So... Most couples that are committed to each other don't have to worry about those things. The trust is there. They stick together. They work out their problems. The sexual activity is theirs. I will never forget one thing Monica told me years ago. She said, I want you to understand one thing while we're together as a couple. Your dick is mine. My vagina is only yours. Nobody else comes between those two things. Agreed? We agreed. And it made sense. She was letting me know. And that's one of the reasons why she was so apt to turn my head and let me look at other women when I wasn't looking at them. Honey, she has the nicest hips. Look at her hips. Those are just like mine. And I'm like, yeah, I should take my head and turn it. I want you to look at that and burn it in your head. Because when you're with me tonight, I want you to screw me like you would screw her. And I thought that was the weirdest shit. But that showed how secure she was and who she was. It was odd. But the interesting thing was, I wasn't thinking about the damn woman that I saw. 
I was concentrating on the woman that I was with. Now, the other thing here too. You're going to run into a lull in relationships when it comes to sex. You're going to run into a period where you guys are not having sex as much. On average, couples start having sex usually three times a week when they're first young, when they first start. Then it's reduced down to twice, then once, and about three times every month because of work. Those kind of things get in the way. It's not that they don't love each other. It's not that they don't want to be together. It's just not an event. And most sex occurs on the weekends, usually on Saturday nights. Because that's usually the time when people don't have to worry about going to work the next day. And they can stay up late that Friday night. And they could have sex all the way through Saturday. Now, other things that will occur. This woman, as she goes into her 40s, may take on the early signs of menopause. And for different women, it happens differently. Hormones change. That's expected. The most typical things that are associated with menopause, night sweats, uh, they may be very irritated, very irritable about everything, may not want to be touched, hot flashes, and sometimes they may be a little confused. They may want to start to do something and change their mind. So you'll be dealing with that kind of thing. And depending on the woman, you know, it may last a short period of time. It may last a prolonged period of time. Now, it's not uncommon for some women to not want to have sex after that. They may start looking sex, looking at sex as being a chore or a duty. And usually when they're over it, fellas, this is a telltale sign. You know, instead of her taking her clothes off and being naked in the bed, she may take her nightgown and lift up the bottom of it to her waist and let you do your business. And then she puts it down and go to sleep. And there's another thing too. She may not care whether she orgasms or not. She just want to hurt and get it over with with you. Now, there are some women who are like that. You may also run into women who hate sex. Who literally hate it. They think it's filthy, nasty, dirty. But they want the benefit of the relationship. So they might be very brief with it. They might ration it like they do dog and cat food. Want to get it out of the way. And it's for various reasons. Then you may run into a woman who may want it a lot. Now, it's not uncommon also for women to become very horny in their 40s. More so than even in their 20s and 30s. It all depends on how those hormones adjust. 
And at this point, oh, she's going to be about sex all the time. Now, a couple other things. When a woman is comfortable with you, she's going to prefer to be naked more often than she would with clothes on. What you're going to find, especially culturally, women in the South, different places like that, after they have sex, they're damn near dress again. You'll find a lot of women out West, they sleep nude. And a lot of it has to do, of course, also with the weather. Because if you're in a cold climate, they may just want to, you know, bundle up again. Now, some of you have asked, well, what are some of the ways that you can kind of promote intimacy, especially with an older woman? One of the things I would recommend, a sleeping bag. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? You know when a lot of these women in their 40s talk about, oh, I like going outdoors, camping, and those kind of things? They like being close to nature. And guess what? They also like being nude as well. Not all of them, but many of them. So that means intimacy as a thing that they cherish in the natural environment. Now, I'll tell you about the date I went on with the lady when she wanted our first date to be a damn camping trip. I didn't have any camping equipment. She had everything in her SUV already laid out. I don't even know if they called it an SUV back then. She had a, a 74 Chevy Suburban. And it was in the 80s. Well, it had four doors and a rear lift gate. So I guess it was. And we had to set up all that shit to spend one night out there in the wilderness. But I tell you, if that sleeping bag could talk, mm, I was so impressed with that sleep. I bought two of them. Still, and I got two brand new ones right now. One uh, sleeps two. The other one is a single. And they're pretty cool. They're very good in the winter. It saves you on heat. You just bundle up in that bad boy and you're safe. But the one thing that I will tell you is this. That promotes a lot of closeness. And not only that, when you're under the covers with a woman, she's a lot more uninhibited. She has those inhibitions when she feels as though somebody can see me. This is the reason why you see a lot of women that want to be under the sheets, under the covers. Because then they know that they don't have to worry about you looking at them physically. They have something to hide under. Now, a couple other things to keep in mind. A woman that's really into you 
after you've ejaculated in her, she's not going to want you to move. She may have you to turn to your side because the weight, the dead weight you'll have on top of her is a bit much. So you got to watch how you distribute your weight on her. Because, you know, you'd be wanting to pull out. She's oh, no, 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 just leave it there. And what I want you to do is just lean your upper torso over to the right or to the left so it's not directly on my chest so I can breathe. And they want you inside because that closeness. And there are others that like to roll over and lay on top of you as a guy. Now, a lot of us don't mind that. It happens. Now, the question of children. I know many of you have asked this question about, what about the kids? Now, as we know, if you're dating uh, with someone in their 20s or 30s and they have small children, they're notorious for busting in the room to see mommy. Make sure that you've taken care of the precautions of the door. Uh, maybe mommy has talked to them. I had an awkward situation that happened to me years ago. This lady I was with, I think her daughter was 15, 16, something like that. This lady was in her 40s. And we were in, going for it, doing our thing. Daughter came into the room. I'm getting ready to go right down on the next stroke. I got my back turned to the door on top of her mom who's laying in the missionary in the bed. And she moves her head over to look at her daughter. And her daughter's like, Mom, I need the car keys. I'm frozen. And she goes, reaches on the nightstand, and throws the car keys to her daughter. Daughter closes the door, walk on out. And old girl looks at me like, why you stop? <laughs> I'm like, damn, really? And I asked her about that, and she was like, oh, my daughter knows about sex. She's, ain't no big thing. I'm like, ah. It's kind of weird. Totally awkward, totally unexpected. I didn't go back over that woman's house after that day. I was too embarrassed. Mm-mm. I was like, nah. But that shit, I was not expecting. But it was normal for her. Which meant that she was doing this with other men. And it was normalized. Uh Uh-uh. What will happen with me? Felt really awkward and uncomfortable in that situation. Now, another thing to consider as well. 
older children. If you're a man in your 20s and you're messing around with a 40-something-year-old woman, and the only reason why I say this is because the frequency of women in their 40s to go for a 20-something-year-old guy is very high these days, as it has been when I was out there. Because people identify with their 20s. It's that period of time where they were at their prime. And this is the reason why a lot of people revert back to that era. And so what happens, she may go for a guy in his 20s. And she's in her 40s. And she may have a daughter that's 24, 25, or a son that's 24, 25. And trying to negotiate and navigate that can be kind of tough. And one thing to remember, the older the woman is, the more the kids are going to be hypervigilant, making sure that she's not being ripped off, not being used, not being abused. Now, the downside to that is some kids put their mothers and grandmothers, mainly mothers, behind an iron curtain. In other words, they may be older, but they're still women. But the way these kids see them, no, she's mom. She was sexual back in her 20s and her 30s when they had us. But after that, she became mom and she's no longer a woman as they see it. She's mom. She's the statue of a matriarch. So in other words, in their head, She was never a sexual being. She was a nurturer, but never someone who had needs. So even though she's out of a marriage and divorced, where she had to repress those feelings, she can't extend those feelings now as an adult because her kids won't allow her to. And I've seen that happen. And a lot of resentment occurs. My friend's mother, bless her soul, she was a very nice lady. And she um, had some assets saved up after the husband, after the husband had passed away. And my friend was like, you know, my mom's telling me that she's lonely and she needs to get out. And he says, well, how do you handle that? Asking me, how do you handle that with your mom? I said, the one thing I didn't do with my mom, I didn't put the constraints on her. If she fell in love with someone, I was cool with that. I supported her. I didn't try to fight it. I just wanted to make sure that the person wasn't trying to abuse or take advantage of her. But for the most part, she was an adult. She was here before I was. And she knows how to carry herself and take care of herself. And that's the kind of attitude he had with his mom. However, his sisters did not. His sisters wanted to put her in a nursing home. The woman didn't even need to go to a nursing home. She was very well active. Still driving around. I think she was 72 years old. Still driving around. She dressed age appropriate. She wasn't trying to be one of these people that are trying to be young. But she wasn't one of these old ladies that looked like, you know, that her legs were made out of wood. I mean, she has a... Tina turned the legs. 
legs were just gorgeous. She always wore the skirts to show off her legs. And she wore the high heels still. But the daughters, when they're in a nursing home, every man that would try talking to her, even in her peer group, they would shoot him down. Oh, mom, he's only trying to get you for your money. Oh, mom, he's trying to do this. Oh, mom. And my friend was having a talk with his sisters one day. And they got into a heated argument. And they tried to turn his mother against him. And he said, one night his mom called him up and said, um, tomorrow's Sunday. She says, I'm going to tell them I'm going to church. I want you to take me over to so-and-so's house. And he did. And mom got her groove on. And he brought up brought mom back home. Daughters found out she didn't go to church. They wanted to know where she was. She told them it was none of their business. And then my boy stood up and said, well, mom, I took her somewhere where she was going to visit a friend. And all hell broke loose. Sisters wouldn't want to speak to him anymore. Rest her soul, his mom died think somewhere she was like 85 or 86 when she passed away and I think what contributed to it because she smoked and drank beer but she smoked a lot though a hell of a lot and when she died she left everything to her son daughters didn't get insurance money they didn't get the inheritance they didn't get retirement they didn't get anything my boy got about $350,000 out of the whole estate after everything was done. And these sisters, when we went to her funeral, they were crying and they talked about they loved their mother and and they would they did everything for their mother. They were eulogizing and all that. And I'll never forget when my boy went up there, her son. And he said... His mother had a good life. And he said it was too bad that some people didn't let her enjoy it when she was getting ready to leave us. He was throwing shade at his sisters. And to this day, they don't speak to each other. And he's cool with that. And every time he calls me, I said, you talk to your sister. Man, I don't talk to them. They don't call me, I don't call them. But he's at peace with himself because his mother was on her way out of life. And he wanted her to be happy. He didn't want that guilt on his shoulder. Because we start treating parents like children as they get older. And we forget that they have dignity. And they should always have respect.
Now I could see if you're dealing with someone who has dementia or something of that sort. But they still deserve respect. Now here's the thing too. We also have to look at when you are dealing with someone, dealing with an older woman, and as she's aging, she may be also embarrassed about the fact that she may be graying down there. And for you folks who've asked the question, yes, people's pubic hairs do gray. Armpit hairs do gray. Nose hairs do gray. Every follicle of hair on you can gray. Let's get that straight. And some women have issues with that. But ladies, let me also tell you something. There are men out there, and there's a group, there was a group, I don't know if they're still online. These people had a fetish for gray hair, both the men and the women. These younger women only wanted guys with gray hair, and these women only wanted, I mean, these uh, guys only wanted women with gray hair. Fighting the age battle, that's a whole different story. We've covered that in another podcast already. Being yourself is the most attractive thing you could possibly do to attract someone else. Now, the problem for many people is that they want to attract a large multitude of people. You are not designed for that. No one is. Somebody says you're beautiful in the media. Okay, you have legions of people that say, oh, this person's beautiful. But it's based on the popularity of that individual. That's it. We're just told that. But beauty is an eye to behold it, right? More in a moment. But I have to admit, folks, I ain't gonna lie to you. When Obama first went into office, I was like, this young dude running for office, when he left office, I was like, who the hell is that old man? Who elected him president? I looked, I was like, and that's when I realized being president must have been a stressful ass job because everybody you see, they go in, their hair color is one way, and they come out and it's white or look at Bill Clinton. He went in there and he looked like somebody at a retail car sales place. He comes out, hell, he looked like he saw the face of God. All of them are like that. Except Reagan. Reagan didn't gray much. And W didn't gray much. But it's weird. But you have a lot of stress and you have a lot of enzymes that are probably released and from all the stress that you're under. And that's another thing. A lot of older women will be dealing with a lot more stressful situations. Now what would these stressful situations entail? Some of them are going to be trying to help their kids get in the homes. They're going to be trying to help their kids financially, babysitting, that kind of thing. 
Now, what usually happens with women, 40s and up, they get preoccupied with other things. The virginary things. They're not dating. They may be divorced. So they occupy their time by volunteering and things like that as well. And sometimes they fill the schedule up so much that they actually don't have time for someone to be in their lives. Even though they want someone in their lives. And this means that what they have to do eventually is say, hey, you know what? I need to put, a, put the brakes on everything and take out some time for me. And again, some of the kids get comfortable dropping the kids off at grandma's. Because the way they look at it, they drop the grandkids off, they go to the Bahamas, or they go wherever the hell they want to go. And she's stuck there babysitting. And so, what does she look for? She looks for a partner that's going to help her babysit. Well, mama may not want to do that. Mama may want to go and, like, get freaky and bend over and have all kind of shit done to her. And she don't want the grandkids around for that. But you have a lot of women, older women, who are afraid to talk to their husband, their uh, children and tell them, hey, you know what? We need to have a schedule. Because you're not going to be dropping these damn kids off. I'm your mother, but I'm also a woman and I have my needs. And if I want a man in my life and I want a man in my house or my apartment, that's mine. But some parents are afraid to do that. And what happens, the kids then take over. And so, they sit there sexually repressed. They go online. They create all these damn profiles and everything. And waste people's time. Because they won't be able to get into a relationship. Because they don't want to expose the guy to their children. I've seen this happen so many times. It's happened to me several times. With a few women that I contact here in Vegas. And I'm not talking about no old ass women. I'm talking about a woman in her 60s. She was 62. Kids already boarded her up, up, her up and got her ready to go to a nursing home. Good looking woman too. But see, it depends on how they want to go and do this. Some of the kids are doing it for monetary gain, get them in the nursing home, get the assets. Others are doing it so they can better manage their mother. Well, they don't have, they have low maintenance. Oh, they're taking care of it. I don't have to worry about anything. But this is something that should be addressed. So, before you start making all these rules and restrictions for your mother, you may want to have a talk with her and see what's going on. Because I know she'd like to be with somebody. You got to remember, your mother is not living for your benefit after she's given birth to you. She's living for her own after you are grown. She still has a life to live afterwards. She's not a resident babysitter. She's not someone you just throw the kids on. She's not someone that you could just make plans and just include her in those plans without talking to her. 
And I know we don't like to think of our mom getting some dick. Because we didn't, we didn't even like thinking about our parents having sex, right? But you got to think about it. If you have children, your kids can't imagine you having sex. They're like, that shit looks gross. So if they can't imagine you having sex, and you can't imagine your parents having sex, what you're going to be faced with is what you're meeting out to your mom now and it's going to be that way in the future. Now, daughters are also pretty strict on their older fathers, but here's the thing. A daughter is less threatened by a woman that doesn't come in too aggressively. When it comes down to a mother, doesn't matter what the guy is, who he is, he may be perceived more of as a threat than if the situation was reversed. Look, it's not an easy thing. But a lot of you guys are just going to have to learn you got to navigate those waters around that. I got these uh, Twizzlers. They're strawberry with the lemon insert. I know damn well I shouldn't be eating this. My doctor going to kick my ass, but she got to find me first. But here's the thing, too. These women will know their bodies very well. They may have some concerns about how you perceive the way they look. Again, a lot of people, a lot of women go under ridicule from other women more so than men. And so what this means is that she may have a complex about herself based on her other peers. I dated a lady one time and she had a complex about the way she looked naked. When she was in high school, she was in a girl locker room and this other girl told her that her titties looked strange. They had a negative impact on her for the rest of her life. Even when I dated her. He told me up she told me straight up, oh, we're not having sex and if we do, the only thing I'm doing is taking off my pants and my panties. I'm not letting you see my breasts. What she told me about it. Well, eventually we had sex. Oh, yes, I saw her breasts, and her breasts were normal. The girl was trying to be mean. Ruined her whole perspective on life, for the most part. It was really sad. Now, another thing too, older women are very sensitive about age. They're very sensitive about criticism. If you're a younger man, don't get involved with an older woman unless you accept what she is and who she is. Don't go in there complaining about things. 
yes, her body is going to withstand some changes. It's supposed to. And she's going to be very conscious conscious about that. And you may have to show up her confidence a bit. Now here's another thing though. Once she's comfortable with you. Hmm, that woman's going to have more sex with you than you can think of. But it's that initial thing that you go through when you first meet someone and you have sex for the first time. That's where a lot of uncertainty is. A lot of speculation. Self-doubt. Concern. All these things come up. But ladies, let me tell you something. You also have to think about the guy. I mean, hmm, more than likely, he's not going to Damn, I almost choked on these things. He's not going to look like the Ken doll. Yeah, fellas, one thing I would tell you about women, too, older women. Some will have that fupa or that little gut. A lot of women won't be able to get rid of that even after they have a child. They'll try working it off. Kind of stays with them. Let some want to go to surgery and all that. But ladies, don't worry about that. A guy will always be able to lift that. No matter how much it weighs. You can always go to AutoZone or Pep Boys. Get a jack and a shop light. Or go to Riley's. Lift it up. Mm-hmm. He'll get under there. Don't worry about that. But here's the thing I want to tell you guys. A lot of women, especially if they're older and they have a gut. They may not want a guy with another gut. Because... If your stomachs collide, your penis may not be long enough to get in. So, but I'm going to tell you that. I'm just telling. Now, I don't mean to be raunchy, but I got to talk about this. This is a third email I got about this particular issue. Because I've gone through about 40 emails last night. So I can talk about these things. I got little notes here that I've written about each of them. You young men that are sleeping with these supersized BBWs are very large women. The sex is good and you know it. Even though you lie to your boys and say you don't sleep with big women, you're lying through your teeth. You do. But here's the thing. With the big woman, some of you are asking, what position would be the best? Most women like missionary. 
you may have to put her legs up a little bit higher in order to fit in. If that's not the case, you can try other angles, sideways, so forth. And doggy style is another position. Whatever you do, fellas, because a couple of you, two of you specifically, had written in about this. One from last year and one recently. Look down before you put your penis in something. Some of you guys, and this is no exaggeration of jokes, folks. One guy had put his penis in a woman's navel and ejaculated, thought he was inside of her. couple of women have written in about this. So, one thing I will tell you, take your time, be patient. And yes, of course, you can always temper anxiety with humor. Always worked. Now, a couple of other things about older women as well. They may fart in bed. What you're going to see is with an older woman, you're going to have more practical things happen in the relationship. They usually talk to you a little bit more frankly. The political correctness kind of goes out the window a bit. They tell you what they want, tell you what they like. you'll probably have better communications with them because they have the wisdom and the experience now. But the best thing I can really leave you with is enjoy the person you're with. Love is love. Yes, age is time. But you also got to remember age is also experience. And you may not have the same experiences as your partner. You may not have been born in the same time that they were in. But humanly, you have the same needs. More than sexual. Emotional. See, that woman 40 plus, she's going to be looking for way more than just sex. So, if you're thinking you're just going to be a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You might want to look at one of those cougars that's just looking out to get a hard body for one night or two and then get that out of her system and move on. But if you're looking for a sustained relationship, you got to bring your A game to the game. Because these older women, they don't have time to bullshit and play around. When a woman gets past 30 on up, She's serious. She's playing for real time. She gets in her 40s. She already knows what she wants. She's in her 50s. Oh, when she's in her 50s, she's seen it all. She's seen it all. You can't bullshit her at that point. She's filtered out all the guys that are trying to impress her. She's filled all of that shit. All that shit's been filtered out. The older guys that are 
trying to act like they're still young. All that shit's filtered out. They know what they're looking for at that point. And a lot of them are looking for emotional stability. And they're not so much concerned about economic uh, stability at that point. These are not the women, when they get into their mid to late 40s, these are not the women that's depending on a man's paycheck. By this time, she's already got her shit established in some kind of way. See, the most vulnerable time you're going to run into that is from her teens all the way through her mid-40s. When she get around 45, 46, she should have things balanced. She doesn't have to be rich. And more than likely, she won't be. But I tell you, one thing she'll have is a budget. And she'll be able to use it very effectively. And she doesn't have time for games. I stress that again. You need to stop the games at 25. That's the oldest you should be playing games. When you get past 25 and you're still playing games, no woman's going to take you seriously. Oh, you're amused by the game you're playing. But nobody's going to take you seriously. So be very careful on that. I'm just telling you to save you some time. Save you some frustration and embarrassment. Now, the majority of women that are 40 plus are usually reluctant to be with a younger man, period. Many of them want the guy to be three to five years older. And I will tell you something, just as an FYI. The best sex you will ever have is with a woman who does not want a younger man, but she's willing to take a chance on him. The reason being she's skeptical and the guy has a lot to prove to her. She's still going to feel uncomfortable about it. And she's still going to make mention about, I shouldn't be with you, you're too young for me, I could be your mom and all that other dumb shit that they say. But here's the thing. If it works, it works. And the two of you will make it work. And then it will flow. You'll see. And then before you know it, you'll start forgetting about your age difference. Even though it's going to be in your face every day, it's not going to be a big issue anymore. And when that level of comfort sets in between the two of you. It's just going to work. You're going to have problems. Yes. Oh, we all do. You have disputes, disagreements. Same thing that normal relationships have. The only thing that's different with yours is the age disparity. And the adjustment. She may listen to the Rolling Stones. You may listen to Travis Scott. 
that may be the difference. But you never know. You never know. But what I'm saying is, don't write it off. It can happen. All right, folks, it's been a pleasure. Take care, and thank you for listening. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.